Forgotten Flicks, episode 92. A gnome, oh, sorry, a gnome named Gnome, 1990. Sam, Casey, God, what time is it? Quarter four in the morning. Listen, you gotta go over to my place right away. Casey, we've been through this before. There's something here I gotta show you. It's this, this thing. This little hairy thing. I don't know what to do with it. I'm sure you'll think of something, Casey. Hello, bienvenuto, and welcome. To the one, the only, the supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, <laughs> Forgotten Flicks. I am Joel, joined <laughs> at the hip and the tip <laughs> with me amigo, me compatriot, me co-hostess with the mostest, Jason Uh And from now forward, you yeah. can call me Jason. I will call you Good Jason if you call me Good Joel. Good Joel we, and Good Jason. Good Joel and Good Jason, and we will be doing Good Nothing But the Good Hits. Is that like a Lawrence Welk thing? Yeah. Good, nothing But uh, the Good g- the Hits. No Gnus is it's Good Gnus. Ah, Gary, ah, a Gnu. Ah, ah, it never gets old. Really? No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. So yes, uh, this evenings or this afternoon or morning, whenever movie <laughs> we'll call it that is a gnome named gnorm now we realize some of you <laughs> oh poor pitiful bastards will refer to it as a gnome named norm or by its oh so much more accurate title upworld up your world yes up your yeah mm-hmm. so you're going to feel like doing <laughs> after 90 some odd minutes, but <laughs> I digress. So, yes, this is the movie recovered, and I have to get this out of the way now, Jay. I hate you. I don't know why you keep making picks that are so god awful. And how we ended up with this on our slate, I have no idea. Um, excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse you, what? There's no excuse for you. First Superman uh, 3. They got it and say, oh, let's watch Superman 3. They got we already been through that travesty. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Um, shall we call exhibit A? What exhibit A? What the hell are you talking about? There's no... What What the hell is that? Dude, let's just do it. You want this to be our next movie? I am serious as a heart attack. I'm being impulsive. I really want to... I really... Because I think this has so much potential. That doesn't prove anything. I I never (laughs) said a gnome named Gnorm. (laughs) I'm sorry. Exhibit B? Yeah, there, there is no Exhibit B. No, okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, all you have to do, folks, is listen to our last episode in which we covered... Okay, FX. fine. Screw you. It's my fault. <laughs> but you brought it up. 
I got to find something to blame. I did. It was my pick. And I got to say, I am excited about the fact that we're covering this because it's one of those movies it's that— It's truly forgotten. Thank God. It is, it is. It's very forgotten because it's one of those—I had actually never heard of it when I was doing my research for FX, and I wanted to pick something um, that related to uh, FX by pulling in uh, Jerry Orbach, who I love, and we, we talked about that. So I saw this, and I thought, wait a second. Anthony Michael Hall? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And— I've never heard of it. I mean, that that uh, how that could be with this movie. I I really have no idea. Um, but but beyond that, Stan Winston, right? Oh yeah, uh, well, that, and that's the only reason I knew about it. I I actually remember. I want to say at some point on it was briefly covered. And when I say covered, I don't mean like they did a spread on it. But I just remember reading about it, and I believe it was like Fangoria in the early '90s, and it was mainly because of Winston's involvement that they even mentioned it. And I remember thinking, even at that time, really, Stan? <laughs> now, did you see this film? Have no. you seen it before? Never. Okay, so what— I remembered the—when, as soon as I saw Ganorm, I recognized him. I, I remembered certain shots that were in the trailer. I yeah. had no recollection of Anthony Michael Hall even being in it. until, In fact, until you mentioned it as your pick, I didn't even realize he was in it. Wow. I'd forgotten. Like, I, so, I, I knew Stan Winston directed it, and I knew that it was an animatronic gnome. So this, this actually was, I'll give you this, Yeah, uh, the perfect forgotten flick to cover. True. Yeah. Simply because it really is one of those that's fallen under the radar. Well, now, and if, we, if IMDb's one trivia tidbit is to be believed, did you catch that? That this was originally made in 1988. It was postponed for release until 1990, then was subsequently and unceremoniously pulled from the zeitgeist, the <laughs> cultural phenomenon, and then not uh, re-released until 1992. Yeah. So it is definitely one that has fallen off of the radar. And, you know, what a shame, so, shame so, that is. So before we get into all of that, uh, do we want to tell our listeners something? Um, something about... Uh, oh. The following segment of Forgotten Flicks will contain information so pertinent to the film that, if you have not yet seen it, may ruin your viewing experience. So if you plan to see this film, please consider resuming the episode only after you've viewed the film, which you can find at your local video rental store. Seem to be the appropriate choice. We now choice. return you oh, to sorry. Forgotten sorry, Flicks, already in progress. <laughs> That seemed to be the appropriate one because uh, for about as many video rental stores that are, that are left, that's about how easy it would be to find this one. YouTube, uh, <coughs> YouTube. <coughs> what? what? Yeah, it, it may be out there. It's not. Uh, YouTube, YouTube. Not as... <coughs> hold on, hold on, wait, hold on. I have to do a. I have to do a norm. A good norm. Excuse me. <laughs> no, I'm going to correct I, you all night. I hope you do. Good, Joel. It, it'll be like a typical night together, Jay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you correcting me? Uh, yes, it would be, I don't know, sort of like this. You want a loogie? I'll give it to you. Loogie. You got to love that <laughs> noise at the end. That's the best <laughs> part of that. That's so freaking gross. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, so um, if you haven't the, seen this movie, well, well, hold on. Wait, wait. Do you want a trailer? 
Uh, oh, sure. Thank Why God. not? And we actually, actually have a trailer. Oh, this yes, time. and I'm actually going to play it now so that you know. Uh, <laughs> let's just say hypothetically, I don't forget to insert it and then realize after I've released the show when people are like, "Oh, why is there a two minute blink spot?" and then have to like really quick go do it after. Maybe it was just, maybe it was just a really quiet trailer. God. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> no. And luckily, this is a short one though. Here we go. He's an LA cop. He's a, uh, a gnome. Right, a gnome. He's hot on the trail of a million bucks. He's after the, uh, after the, uh... Lumen! Right. Meet Gallagher and Gnome. Two guys with nothing in common. Giant robots. Well, almost nothing. Take it easy, will you? You gotta concentrate. They've got to work together. And get it together before everything blows apart. Upworld, the normal, it's good Good normal, it's good I love how even Mr. Voice. Good normal, it's good Wait, wait. I, I love how he, Mr. Voice even. <laughs> as he as he voices over a trailer, a 40 second trailer, he sounds embarrassed <laughs> and flummoxed at what he's having to read. Yeah, he's he's a he's an LA cop and he he's a Oh yeah, right. Mm. And and he's on the trail of a million dollar blah blah blah, and he's after the human. Wait, no, no, no. You mean give me lumen? <laughs> oh, we we got all sorts of variations, folks. We also have that was the angry Ganorm. This is the begging Ganorm. Give me lumen. And this is the this is the frightened Norm. No eat lumen. No eat lumen. <laughs> right. So, <clears throat> for those of you who haven't seen it, uh, two things. One, we're going to spoil Lucky it. Lucky you. So, if you um, uh, if you plan on seeing it uh, firsthand and have not seen it previously, I highly Highly recommend you go see this because this is a viewing experience of 80s pleasure you will never have anywhere else, I guarantee goddamn it. Uh, and uh, two, uh, for those of you who have not seen it, here is the synopsis for this cinematic extravaganza. Gnorm is just an average gnome. Mm, yes, he is. Yeah, and for this one, I just got to read straight off IMDb, but I love it. But he wants to impress the lady gnomes by doing something heroic. So he steals the gnomes' magic stones to expose them to sunlight to recharge them. When he gets to the surface, because gnomes live deep underground, he witnesses a murder, and the killer ends up with his stones. Detective Casey. Real quick, is Stones a euphemism for something? Yes. Uh, we'll get into that in a second. Uh, Detective Casey, side note, who is played by Anthony Michael Hall, who was working a sting operation with the murdered man, is blamed for botching the sting and causing the death. Wanting to watch the killer, wanting to catch the killer to clear his name, he teams up with Ganorm, who he accidentally discovers. He is going to need Samantha's help, but she thinks he's a nut. You see, no one else knows about 
Ganorm. You know, no one oh. else like everybody on the streets because he walks around with the damn thing in broad daylight so throughout I'm the entire point movie. point something out. Yes, I'm going to point something out here. Um, I don't think that even the people who rated this movie wrote the, su- the summary or contributed to this page actually stood through this entire movie. Because I'm going to point out something. There's one stone. Yes. Lumen is a stone. And everybody else freaking sees him all the time. Well, that and and as we can tell from this statement, uh, this statement, Norm. Give me Lumen. He says Lumen, not Lumens. So it's one stone. So what I would add as, to this as, is, oppo- as opposed to giant popos, of which there are two, <laughs> which is different than stones, um, and also different than Uga. nice roundy. Yeah, nice roundy. See, that's a singular, <laughs> singular, and one more. Nice popos. See, plural popos. <laughs> two. See. I wish people would understand the difference between plural and singular. It's really, this is just it's a simple thing. But again, we go back to American school system. We assume that, they, that that's what yeah. produced this particular synopsis. I got it. I got it. Um, so the thing that they don't really point out in the, in the summary here that you would read on IMDb is that everything starts with Anthony Michael Hall, who plays Detective Gallagher. Uh, sort of being a screw-up cop, but not just a typical screw-up like loose cannon. He's more of a weird, immature, acts like he's 16-year-old with a an unlimited budget kind of just screwing around. Is it me or was it Gary from Weird Science? Straight with out of – he had just gotten out of police academy. Yes. He was the same – like he reminded me at times – I was Same seriously character. getting ready for him to be, you know, well, my nuts are halfway up my ass. Well, he did that. He did that when he's like, we'll go out and get some donuts. He did the same voice. So can, this can is I, very much. Can I tell you much... something very honest? That was probably my favorite part was that he was basically <laughs> Gary. Yes. So he he is this kind of immature screw-up cop who is part of this investigation to find someone who has stolen diamonds and is trying to fence them. So Gallagher pretends to be someone who's going to fence them. And the whole idea is nobody would believe he's a cop because he's such a screw up. So that's why they keep him on this case because they think he's perfect cover because he's this immature. Come on. This is this a cop tie? No cop would wear this tie. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, he's on it. And then. In the very beginning, something goes terribly wrong. A bomb goes off, and it kills somebody. He gets knocked out. But it just so happens that some little furry, freaky-looking thing digs a hole up to Earth, the surface, up world. The alternative. I get it. Um, happens to do it at the exact same place that Gallagher is, and so he sees what happens. But because he doesn't speak good English or understand Upworld, he kind of speaks in euphemism a lot. Um, and so the entire movie is Gallagher working with Gnorm to try and figure out who actually perpetrated this murder. The side story is they're trying to also find this lumen, which is a stone that 
his wait, people wait, wait, die. Wait, wait a minute. Wait. Hold on. Hold on. What, what's he looking for? He's looking for um Give me Lumen. Yeah, that yes. one. Mm -hmm. He's looking for uh. Give me Lumen. Um, but no, you're not supposed to lumen. do something. Ah, that's right. You're not supposed to eat it. I keep yes. forgetting. Yeah, because at one point otherwise, Anthony otherwise, Hall. otherwise, Jay. Kaboom. <laughs> yeah, that's it's generally. So, if I may. Yeah, please do. I'd like to put this in a bit of perspective. I feel like we need some music. Because I'm about to say something. Mm. And I want this statement to be crystal clear. Okay? This is being recorded. You know that, right? Yes. Okay, just checking. Uh, it's recorded, and millions of people are going to hear this, so I'm very millions. careful in my work. Millions. And that was Mill plural. Millions. Mm -hmm. Not like Lumen. Masters of the Universe. Mm -hmm. Zone Troopers. Yep. Mind Warp. Mm hmm Garbage Pail Kids. Yep. Uh, assault on Precinct 13. <laughs> no. <laughs> Go to hell, Crooms. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'll take that one off the list. <laughs> oh, I'm generous of you. <laughs> <laughs> we have covered some very weird, not-so-top-tier movies on this podcast. Uh -huh. We have now hit... 92 episodes speak for uh, yourself because personally i still have the garbage pail kids soundtrack on my ipod yeah i'm gonna say all of those films i listed are better than this one that we just watched you think so i would I, have to I, say i, yes. I would here, here's where i will i will part ways with you I was so I would say no. Garbage Pail Kids still ranks <laughs> number one. No, no, wait. Let me get the statement you, out. You have you you are suffering a little PTSD in regards to Garbage Pail Kids, and you have blocked out just Maybe. how unbelievable Maybe. that movie was. Uh, uh no, I don't think so. Because listen, ready. This is the worst movie we have ever reviewed. Ever. So ever. what does it say that this was one of your recommendations to the audience? I've never seen it. Oh, so so that's the new criteria. I've never seen this, and no, I know what? it's crap. So I'm going to suggest it to you. <laughs> no, but it's one of those. Okay, I know so, that's not that's not fair. I picked it's something not I haven't fair. seen. Yes, it's not fair because if you were to say without knowing this film or video or VHS or YouTube, if you will. If you had never seen this and you mm -hmm. simply saw there was a movie with Anthony Michael Hall. In other words, if I had gotten the 90 some odd minutes of my life back. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you erased it from your memory, somehow stuck an ice pick through your ear, scrambled that piece, pulled it out and were glad for it. Yeah. Even, if, knew, even if it stung a little bit. Mm -hmm. Maybe, which is still less than watching this movie. But you knew it starred Anthony Michael Hall, was filmed in the late 80s. It was directed by Stan Winston, the guy that gave us. Um, uh, Pumpkinhead, and was the special effects master for some of the great sci-fi films that we, yep. admittedly, fawn over. Yes. Like Terminator, Terminator 2, Aliens, Predator, Jurassic Park, etc., etc., etc. AI, yep. yes. Yep, yep. You would say, holy crap, well, I need to Winston own Studios that. is this little shop, but... <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, right? So, you would think, I need to own that without ever having seen it. Mm-hmm. Please. Yep. Please let me do this public service announcement. No. 
No, I lie. You need to see it because it's so ridiculous and so poorly done. And I don't mean that in a cheesy sharktopus way or a, uh, a, a mega piranha or any of that. That's a little different. This just didn't work, which explains a little bit to me why it was filmed in 88, mm-hmm. released in 90, and yep. subsequently yanked. Let, let, me, let me make an observation. I feel as if I now need to defend this movie. <laughs> this, this poor little Gnorm that you're crapping all over. I think the number one thing this movie suffers from is really, really bad editing. And I don't just mean in a structural story sense, although that's there. I mean in a pacing continuity jerks you around kind of way. I don't know how much of that you picked and up on, but the, the I will agree that was poor. That was also poor. But the thing that the thing about it, let's focus on some positives, Captain Snark Monster. <laughs> <laughs> let's focus on I think for the time, at times, Gnorm as an effect was pretty good. I don't think he was great, but for an animatronic puppet, I think there were some expressions of things that he did that were not horrible. Especially if you consider it's 88 when this was made and not actually the early 90s, which that's a couple years difference and it makes difference. No, it does. It makes a difference. Yep. This, this would have been made the same year that Child's Play came out. Yeah, so, so we think about Chucky, Chucky the animatronic. Yep, uh-huh. I got it. Yeah, I got so it. I, I would say it wasn't on par with uh, Charles Lee Ray, but it was. It was. It wasn't a horrible effect. Uh, you know, th- there were times that you could tell like they had poor Anthony Michael Hall carrying this puppet around. Uh, to I don't even know if he was supposed to be controlling it. I don't know what the thought process was. It was kind of <laughs> odd that. That's the other thing I never understood. Like, did you notice when he brought the, the he got Gnorm in the dog cage and he brings him into the house? He's he carrying like a pound. He weighs like maybe. <laughs> like, I would think the cage itself would have been heavier. <laughs> he like throws it around like it weighs. Not, yeah, yeah. He yeah, kind like of picks car, it up. Like it's, it's, like like cardboard, it. it's like an empty cardboard box. Yep. But then later on, Gnorm picks Mister Hall up by his ankles and lifts him up off a meat hook. Oh, which brings me to another point. And I, I presume we pretty much have gotten your take on this movie, and that's about all we're going to get. I got get. one more. Okay, I go ahead. Hit me. Hit me. I have one more point. Um, I, and we'll, we can debate the special effects prowess of this, because one of the things that struck me, and this is not my second point, by the way, one of the things that just struck me as odd is if you just looked at the face of Ganorm, mm-hmm. which, by the way, pains me just to say Ganorm. If you I, actually, just, I actually think, in fact, it was Norm. I don't think it was actually supposed to be good, but that's okay. We'll go with it. He corrected him. Um, so if you just looked at his face, the the uh, um, articulation in the way they made his face move yeah. was okay. There was definitely some problems overall with him that I did not like, even for the time period. I mean, I am fully accept this is late 80s, but the fact that they did a lot of real hands on his face a lot. You know what that did for me, though? Felt weird. It creeped me the hell out. (laughs) Okay, which brings me to my second point. This is probably one of the most sexual movies we have ever (laughs) covered. What? How can you even say that? (laughs) Giant (laughs) popos. Nice popos. Booga. 
Nice roundy. <laughs> or, or the and ready major spoiler alert. Last spoken line of oh, the movie. Yes. <laughs> hey, slug lips. Something wrong with you? Make her toes curl. Make her toes curl. And then, of course, you heard the intro. Wait, I want to replay the intro because it's only 30-something seconds. Listen to the background noises Ganorm is making as Gallagher, as played by Anthony Michael Hall, is telling his female partner, police partner, he needs her to come over and see something. It's small and hairy, and he doesn't know what to do with it. Listen and she to the, says, and yeah. she says, I'm, I'm sure, sure you'll figure, figure something out. But, but really pay attention to the background noise, because that's what makes this <laughs> audio clip perfection. Hold on. Hello? Sam. Casey. God, what time is it? Four to four in the morning. Uh, you gotta go over to my place right away. Casey, we've been through this before. There's something here I gotta show you. It's this, this thing. This little hairy thing. I don't know what to do with it. I'm sure you'll think of something, Casey. Now, if you're a little woman on that phone and you hear in the background. <laughs> She would have said, I think you're doing just fine with whatever you've got going right now. Yes, with whatever woodland creature you've brought into the mix, Casey. Um, so, um, it's not so much. I, I love this is a PG kids movie. That they, they ultimately intended for this to be a kids movie. It's not so much that you and I are prudes, because God because, knows because we are we, not. Because we are. We, we, we certainly oh, we're not. not. That's right, we're not. Mm-hmm. Not we are not rated G. Uh, we're just generally not. Um, but you watch this movie, and when those scenes start to happen, which is really odd, because the thing that strikes me is not that this has sexual innuendo in it. What strikes me is it's so freaking out of place. <laughs> it's almost like the afterwards went. <laughs> yeah, this needs something more. You know what this needs? You know what this needs? It needs more. <laughs> Giant popos. It needs giant popos. That's what this movie needs. That's not even the worst. Those aren't the worst parts. Those are the most quotables. But let me give you a handful. I made some notes. Give you. Give me a handful. (laughs) We just got the giant giant popos. Give me a handful. Full. As we learn from weird science. Yes. More than handful. You're risking the sprained thumb. Continue. I I I have a wrist brace, so I'm safe right now. Uh, Number one. Um. Every bad guy must be dispatched. Via crotch. Oh, that's right. Actually, wait, wait, hold on. Wait, my note <laughs> and lots of question marks, by the way. <laughs> Why is his face buried in the bad guy's ass and he has oh. a handful of crotch? That was my okay. no, no. Okay. Watch that scene again. Yes. You, Joel, watch that scene again. Okay. And for you in the audience, watch it without kids in the room. <laughs> for the love of that God. scene it is the most disturbing, weird. It is like something out of this freaked out sci-fi porn movie. <laughs> because the look on his face, as his, uh, his by by his I mean uh, the bad guy Zadar, uh-huh. 
uh-huh. which we didn't even get into, but he's the guy who actually stole the diamond or initially stole the diamonds and thought that Gallagher was a, a just a fence or whatever. Interesting trivia. Did you know yeah. what his 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 henchman Reggie? What his real name is? No, uh, Big Chin. Yes. Uh, Giganto Chin. No, his last Super name. Super massive. Nope. Like the camera chin. Nope. <laughs> nope. It is actually Zadar. Oh, so the actor's name of his the, henchman. That's was Robert. His... That's Robert Zadar, who ah. had the giant chin. And now he spelled it differently. It's like Z apostrophe D A R. And I believe they spelled the bad guy Z A D A R. But the only thing I can conclude is that maybe during casting, they're like, he has a great bad guy name. Let's name the, the, you know, then you think as an actor, you're like, well, don't you already have a name for the (laughs) bad guy? No, no, we could change it willy nilly. Screw that. Yeah. Who needs consistency or. Yeah. Um, so that whole scene where Zadar is because the idea is that Ganorm, who has zero impulse control, <laughs> but seems stoned the entire movie, bites him in the ass. Literally buries. Him. Wait, no, no, Jay, Jay, you're you're not giving this justice. Yeah, you're not doing he, this justice. He goes he, for sphincter depth. He <laughs> actually, I'm pretty confident. <laughs> Was trying to find out exactly how many licks it took to get to the center of Zadar's Tootsie Roll pop. Because that little freak show, I mean. Okay, so. Okay, so that's more Zadar's ass like a gas mask. Okay, so Yes. So that's one uh, because every bad guy must die via crotch because there's that. Then there's a meat hook in the crotch. Uh-huh. Then there's he picks a guy up by the crotch. Uh-huh. Uh, so you've got all of those. So that's one. Well, you know Two. what it was? It's because he's looking for he's looking for what, Jay? Give me Lumen. See, Maybe. That's, the, that's the trick in this. We thought the Lumen was that little shiny rock that was in his his uh, little you know, exactly. contrast deck. Uh-uh. Nope. We know what he wants. We, you, that's why the person who wrote the IMDb thing put two. They put stones. Stones, multiples. Yeah, that's it. They uh, saw two, something we didn't see. For some reason, yeah. this creepy ass, weird looking little thing uh, <laughs> is is like literally the horniest being on the planet. Uh, because in the in the summary, it says he's trying to bring the lumen up to Earth to recharge it. To impress girls. That's a lie. Because most <laughs> of the movie, most of the movie, he presents that he is trying to bring the lumen up to recharge it yes. so that his people won't be, die because that yeah. is their one source of energy for their crops and everything. their food and yes. everything. It's their son. He puts his entire species at risk for a little gnome tail. Um, because we've we seen what he does later, to human tail, by the way. Yes. It's not so much later that he yes. actually kind of admits mm. weirdly and sheepishly. <laughs> it's only because I want to impress this one girl who has nice gnogonos. <laughs> no, 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 no. She has nice popos. Yes. Nice. Thank you. Good Nice popos. Nice popos. Sorry. Yeah. Nice popos. Uh, so really the whole thing is he's just a super horny and every time he does it, it's just 
it's it's weird it's creepy and it's sick okay so then i, got I think you may be more pissed about this than you were assaulting precinct 13 i am wait okay so let's take the scene where he actually meets up with uh super chin uh, uh, uh the henchman right reggie 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 so reggie is the is the giant henchman this big buff bad guy looking who we got uh, to see sidekick. uh working out for no apparent reason Yes, for some weird reason, they're on South Beach, which is probably because they got the film there for free, and that's well, they did most of this movie. Um, so he is they're they're following him. He kind of picks up Gallagher, puts him on this meat hook, and throws him into this cooler. And Gallagher can't get off; he's suspended there. And uh, Reggie calls his boss and says, "Hey, I got the bad guy." As he's calling his boss, <laughs> Ganorm. Like climbs up his back. No, keep on holding. You have to. Add, you have to add the context. Reggie thinks Ganorm is a baby. He yeah. He thinks he's this little girl because uh, uh, Gallagher dressed him up with little girl things on to pass him off as a baby just for a second because there's no continuity in any of that. And so he thinks, oh, you shouldn't bring your daughter to some place like this. What's wrong with you? You're a bad dad. <laughs> what the? F- <laughs> anyway, so. Gallagher's in there. Uh huh. Let's say baby girl starts pawing her way up his back. Now this guy is what six seven. I don't. He's a big dude. He's a big dude. She pauses way up his back while he's on the phone. He pays no attention. Then she climbs up over his shoulder and mm-hmm. is like face, like palming his face. Like the hands are like Swedish chef in the Muppets. Have no idea what they're doing. They're just kind of like feeling around his face. And the and Gnorm's animatronic face is like right up against his. And they kind of go, ooh, because as he dials the phone, mm-hmm. Gnorm happens to memorize the phone number to the bad guy. <clears throat> okay, so Reggie doesn't pay any mind to that. Well, he actually, he actually, actually like he likes it, like he thinks it's a cute baby hanging onto like, his back. It, it's the, it's the weirdest. Like, wouldn't I imagine you're in Reggie's position? Okay, you <laughs> think you've done this wonderful public service, this horrible father who also happens to be a cop that's trying to bust your chops and their, you know their relationship chops to, to bust. Who you know you're about to off. You're about to off, and by the way, you're worried about his parenting skills. Yet you're going to off him in front of his own child. Yes, in but, a meat but, locker that has a glass wall. Yes, and but we'll let we'll let that slide. Yep, yep. At what point do you find it weird? Is it when the young child grabs a hold of your leg? Is it B when the young child begins to, uh, I don't know, caterpillar like hunch itself up your leg? Is it C as it pass goes past your leg and your thigh and your hip and your back and it's only. Yeah, it's in the um, I don't know, on your back, on your shoulder, almost. <laughs> or, or is it when, as you try to talk on the phone, it's playing with your ear and making weird noises? <laughs> At what point? <laughs> and doing this cooing, like lippy, tonguey thing. Yeah, and, like it's the sound in the background of that clip that you played when yeah. you know, and, uh, Gallagher calls his girlfriend. Yeah. That's the sound he makes throughout the entire movie. Yes, it is. It's some orgasmic sound effect. Um, and so not only does he do that, then said bad guy gets meat hooked in the crotch, right? Is that the meat hook part, right? 
I believe it is. Is he picked up by the crotch? He, and well, then, yes, he does. He gets meat hooked in the crotch, and then he survives the that. Yep. And then uh, uh, Gallagher gets rescued because Ganorm picks him up by his ankles and lifts him off the giant meat hook. Yeah. And then, as Gallagher is dialing the phone, Ganorm is making love to his face. <laughs> he is, like, right in his face, like, oh, eh, <laughs> And he's like, do you think what he's really doing is in his own language? He's saying, do you smell my breath after I did that thing to that bad guy? What does my breath smell like? Does it smell like a Tootsie Pop? (laughs) (laughs) But that is so awkward and so creepy and so weird. I have a theory. Can I throw my theory out? Can I throw my theory out? (laughs) I know exactly what's wrong with this movie. I think this movie was meant to be a horror movie. Okay, that's my third note. Is it really? If this had been a horror movie and Gnorm had not tried, it was not a comedy. Yeah. It would have been more in the Leprechaun. Yes. It would have actually. still skin kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. Because there's some parts of it. Uh, that the the music is more. Oh, okay. uh, it felt like they were trying. There were times I swear to you, I thought it felt like a horror movie, like the scene where uh, Gallagher's first confronting Norm when the whole park scene and how yes. they lit it, and then and the way he in the garage, up, yeah, he looks kind of monsterish. Yes, and then towards the end, because here's the spoiler, folks. Ready, ready, go for it. It's actually the lieutenant. Who's the big bad guy? Which, and the lieutenant is played by Jerry Orbach. So he's so, actually the one that orchestrated the murder and the diamonds and the money and all that. And so that whole final segment when he's revealed as the bad guy, the music is like it's like Michael Myers kind of music. Yeah. It's like and you think and I was watching that thinking, OK, if they had carried this throughout and gotten rid of the whole segment where they're playing low rider as he walks through, you know, Venice beach and grabs sunglasses and kind of walks through looking at Bobo's. If they had cut that out and made it more of a horror flick, this might have actually worked on some level. Well, can I make a general observation that if this was in fact made in 88 law and order did not begin until 1990. Yeah. I, I'm just curious to know if Jer used this as part of his reel. Um, I think it's kind of his caricature because as we talked about with FX, which is what Orbach was, uh, he was kind of the gangster, the head of the gangster mob, or at least one of them uh, that was in police protection. He's kind of got that caricature anyway, you know, that I, cause I would even say he used part of that character from FX uh, to blend it in as well. You know what well, I mean? If, like if, but, but I go back and, to, but I go back to between those two movies, he did the dad and dirty dancing. Yeah. But if you listen to his voice, it's similar. Well, yeah, I, mean, well, I don't think it's a caricature. I think that's just his, his cadence and delivery. Yeah. But, but I meant what I, what I was, I was really just being a facetious asshole and that didn't apparently come across correctly. <laughs> uh, maybe just the uh, asshole part, but <laughs> no, the facetiousness was crystal clear. Yeah. Okay. Because my point being, I just found it odd that he's playing this, a person working in the criminal justice system, yeah. let's just say. Well, and and he, it's so close to when he would go on to a show that you could argue yeah. is what he's the best known for. I agree. I agree. In this, 
he, I think one of the things that threw me off, aside from the fact that the sexual innuendo seemed really weird, worse off than the sexual stuff in Howard the Duck, because at least that fit. Uh, that's debatable. That's creepier because they, they get no, the whole. No, it's not. Uh, Bull crap. That one is at least you understand that Howard is this kind of d bag alien from another place. They set up Ganorm like he's this innocent. I'm just a tunneler. Yeah, it is. It is literally out of nowhere that he grabs because kind of, it starts off with the the cop when when his partner shows meets him at the yes. park. Yes, and, 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 he, he's like, and, she, him, and he's hiding like, behind her. He lifts up her shirt. And he's like he, he raises his eyebrows like. Oh. The difference is. Howard the Duck is just kind of a asshole, misogynistic D-bag. Gnorm comes across as like a molester. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the difference between the two for me. Although, speaking of the scene in the uh, the park, Ka-boom. as you recall, <laughs> it's where Casey Gallagher is trying to get Gnorm to explain to him what he saw there. <laughs> Do you recall the word when Gnorm is getting really pissed? Remember, he won't give him the lumen, and he finally, Gnorm says to him, Give me lumen! And he's like, oh, I'll give it to you when you answer, when you talk, blah, 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 blah. He says something to him that I guess is supposed to be an insult, and it it, it takes... Not slug lips? No. <laughs> it takes Casey, uh, it takes him aback a bit. He, he, doesn't know how to, he doesn't understand what he means. Do you recall what that word was? Uh, he said, uh, he described the bad guy as a blind or no eyes, giant scream. Yes. Which we figure out what those three things mean eventually. Cause uh-huh. <laughs> those are difficult to figure out. Um, <laughs> he, Casey, he says, he says, he says to him like, nah, and he says a word and, and, and he's like, huh? what's a bah? Do you, do you recall that word? Maybe this, my friend, will help you, help you remember. And in fact, just for everybody out there, I believe (laughs) that when you're done hearing this clip, it will all be crystal clear. And finally, an integral point of this movie that never was properly explained, in my opinion, is explained now. Hold hold on one second. Okay. Shava. Shava. What's Shava? Shava. Champion lover, Shaba. I went when he said that. The first thing about my head goes Shaba. I went. I went. Mister Loverman. <laughs> one, one more time, kids. Shaba. What's Shaba? Shaba. It never gets old. This song. If this opening hadn't gone on so damn long, I wanted to play the whatever that where he does the, the reggae rapping thing. Yes. Yeah. So at least that explains what Shaba. Oh my goodness. Because they never explained it. So, they never explained it. So <laughs> So there was something I wanted to point out. I'm not sure if you recognize this, because if you look at the IMDB credits, Ganorm. The credit for Ganorm goes to 15 people. Well, well, it was funny. The only one that popped out was a, was a picture of a woman. I was like, I was going to say to you, Hey, Ganorm's kind of got hot. 
Nice. Um, Am I wrong? Goes, I, I was going with Eileen. Come oh, on, Eileen. Okay, maybe. Um, I'm assuming the reason they gave so many credits is because there were a lot of shots. The, the primary shots of him speaking were of the animatronic kind of uh, uh, articulated head with just the shoulders and head. Um, and there was a weird face to it. Like, I could definitely tell that when they moved it, the temple sunk in when they tried to blink and it just, it didn't quite fit regardless. It was still pretty cool, but I, there was lots of shots where it was like a little kid walking or a, uh, you know, like a, uh, a young woman walking because it was distance and they needed to show a realistic walk. But there was one credit that stood out to me. Yes. The primary voice mm-hmm. of give me a little man. That was pretty good. Thanks. Uh, was actually Yakko from Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. That makes perfect sense now. Of the Animaniacs. It was Give actually Rob Paulson. Lumen. Yeah, <laughs> you can hear it. Me, Lumen. You can actually hear it. It was Rob Paulson. He's Yo, the guy that did Lumen. Wait, and you know when you can really hear it? <laughs> I love at the yes. end where he, get, where he goes, giant popos. <sighs> <laughs> yes. Um, so I, that that at least stood out to me because I was a huge fan of Animaniacs. Oh, I love that show. And, yeah. and um, uh, I love them, the three of them specifically. And then the bit that was Pinky in the Brain was my favorite by oh, far. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it, I thought it was kind of a cool connection because I, 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 I'm like, who did – Gnorm. I mean, is there one person and there's a lot, but um, I assume it's because of all the f- the fingers in the face and the hands. Oh, yeah. They, usually face. usually that kind of animatronic puppetry requires quite a few folks. Yeah, with all the cables I, I assume. And-, and it was pretty sophisticated, even if it didn't quite pull off. Uh, I, I, I blame primarily, first of all, let me, let me clarify something. They made a better goddamn movie than I would ever make in my entire life. In this. So... I'm not judging from the perspective of could I do any better? Because I know, no, I certainly could not. Could I have acted better than Anthony Michael Hall, Jerry Orbach, or hell, any of the people that Claudia were in Christian. The, uh, Claudia Christian or Eileen Castor Delago? Could I have done better than her? Probably not. Could I have been a better hand model for Ganorm's Hakaluki scene? Probably not. But as a viewer, <laughs> it just as all... somebody who paid good hard-earned money to see <laughs> this motion picture i went to the theater my bedroom with the pc hooked up is to it you, is that what you're calling your pants these days <laughs> oh hey <laughs> no so i'm not i mean we bust on it this is still you know a lot of effort went into it but i will say gnorm was a very complex um, yes. Effect that was very difficult to pull off. And I definitely see how in the face and when it's when he spoke and the things they did, they put a lot of work into that and it went well. I actually think the biggest flaw in the film was really just the writing. Yeah, I was going to say the screenplay writing, and, well, and the editing. I think the writing and the editing, because the acting wasn't for what it is. It's not horrible. No, it uh, wasn't. Certainly, I mean, some people that are just they're good 
in anything they're in. You already, yeah. we've already said Jared their names. Jared Orbach was good. My Every, Anthony yeah. Michael Hall's character was in the beginning of the film. It was a little off kilter. Felt like and, you well, said, and again, it felt, it felt it felt like he was in a different movie, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but even the guy that played like the creepy uh, detective, uh, uh, Mark Harrelick, um, he plays the. I guess the foil to yeah yeah, yeah anyway, he's the more serious cop that you know takes you know oh this this Gallagher guy he's a problem right and then you know Claudia Christian who we uh, I love she's been a lot of stuff including the um, Babylon Five most recently she was in Atlantis and, and, and hexed stuff. and hexed with Iyer Gross. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Nineteen ninety three. Anybody? I actually saw that at the theater. Ouch! Admit uh, that I, in public, will you? She was a maniac cop too. Uh huh. Yep. And uh, Robert Zadar was, in <laughs> fact, the maniac cop. He was. Yes, he was a maniac cop. That is mm-hmm. correct. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's a very recognizable face. I mean, you see her, and and you know, she she does a great job. So the acting wasn't terrible, and the effects weren't ridiculously terrible, especially compared to some of the movies we've covered. It really just felt like the writing was like, what? What, yeah. what, wait, what? Why would they say that? And and some of the lines they delivered just came out really weird. Well, and- the whole, well let's be honest. The whole story is a very pedestrian, you've seen it a thousand times before type of... Yeah, and they didn't explain it well. Yeah, like, it's, it's the, the whole... Where did he actually come from yeah, was they, almost they create this Mac, they create, well, And they, they create this MacGuffin object that the main character is supposed to try to spend the whole movie finding but it's really irrelevant it's not important scheming. at all yeah but, yeah, but at the same time unlike hitchcock who understood that a MacGuffin was just there to help drive your plot forward because your movie is really an exploration of this character and and their reaction yeah. to these extreme situations uh unfortunately a lot of times movies such as this one end up taking the re- the resolution of the MacGuffin and getting it as if it's that important. Yeah. Especially when you present it as it is, it is literally his entire species riding on this Mm. object that Anthony Michael puts in his mouth and is like, you want it? Well, that's the other problem too, (laughs) is that, that there's actually two MacGuffins, right? There's the Lumen, but there's also, the jewels. Right. Well, the, the diamond part. The yeah, diamonds. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so it would have made more sense, let's say, had their paths crossed incidentally. You can always get away with one massive coinky dink at the beginning of a movie as part of your inciting yeah. incident to set everything yep. in motion. People are yep. very forgiving of that. But I think it would have worked better if somehow the lumen maybe had diamond it was a diamond. Maybe it was a giant diamond. Yeah. And in the in the midst of all the that went down, it ends up getting procured by the bad guy. Then it becomes the main object again, incidental, purely there to drive your plot forward. But the yeah. fact is, it would have been a little bit more unified. Yeah. 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 I, I can't <laughs> believe we're giving it this much thought. And then <laughs> the other thing, like I said, the editing, uh, several scenes, just it felt. The rhythm was off. You you can just yeah, you, you it, could it, sense it. It was just it let scenes go on too long. Like yeah. not even just scenes. It would let like a shot, uh, uh, focusing it on someone, go way too long, and then it would just feel weird and awkward. And the timing was way off. Oh, one thing I can't believe we haven't brought up yet. How Bubbles. about wait 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 brownies? Wait no, wait, short no. Hairies, we, we've already we've watches. 
We've already done all that. We've done all that. Your ends? Nope. Short Harry's? <laughs> nope. Honestly, Jay, I got I got to just tell you the one scene. <laughs> the one, the yeah. one. The one that just makes you think you can just picture picture the the folks at the old studio saying, "You know what would just I don't know, reinforce all the mad capillarity. You want to know? <laughs> Let's have a French connection like car chase scene involving a hearse and a funeral procession. Oh my God, I can't believe we forgot that part. I know, with a corpse <laughs> in the back that well, ends with the body spilling out on La Brea Avenue. No a way! Por- a no por- way! Oh, you, you, you need a good Samaritan who comes up and thinks, oh my God, someone's genuinely hurt from this He's accident. He's been ejected from the him. car. I've got to give him CPR. I have to give him mouth to mouth. Oh, you know what's funny? You have makeup from dead guy on your face. <laughs> you know what else is funny? He's dead. That was the most effed up scene in the entire movie. So I get the the, the comedy potential of I'm an L.A. cop. Give me your car. And he just kicks a guy out of a car and gets in it. Starts driving, realizes, oops, what I hijacked was the hearse at the beginning of an entire funeral procession. So let's take that at, in as a ever car seen, chase. Wait, wait. Have you ever seen a funeral procession that doesn't have police officers leading it? Yes, I have. You have? One that uh, long? Um, yeah. I, Hell I mean, no, man. Everyone, I, I, I got stopped in one day trying to go somewhere with my family. I got two different times, two totally separate dead people. Now, if I think back, and there was like two or three cop cars leading the way, yeah, because they would stop at a at an uh-huh. intersection. And, yeah, no. But when I was when I was a kid, I yeah. remember in our in some of the small towns I lived in, there was no police because there this wasn't was a that small town. Traffic. This is friggin' L.A. and there had to be thirty, forty cars in that damn so, procession. So here's what's funny: you drive that hearse really fast. Oh, everybody's got to keep up. So now the car chase is bad guy hearse and a whole line of people doing this funky you know swerving and why and are they in such the a hurry i don't yeah. know and the best part <laughs> is the end when the dead old man gets ejected and a good samaritan literally comes yep. over and looks so sincere oh my god he's not breathing and he's giving him mouth to mouth and the comic ending to that joke <laughs> is the guy has mortician's makeup on his mouth yep. and lipstick on his mouth from where he's giving the dead corpse mouth to mouth. And Anthony Michael Hall's character looks over and kind of like, uh, and points to the coffin and the guy just then gets it and goes, Ugh. <laughs> it was so gross but, and so disturbing. I'm like, I- but, it, but the whole thing, it just, not only was, not only was it not funny, it was, it's just it was like a, I, you got to wonder when you're, when you're making something like that. Do you think to yourself, hmm, self? <laughs> is there really anything funny in this <laughs> beyond the concept of a hearse and a corpse and a funeral oh. procession involved in a car chase, which is a unique take on a hoary old cliche? <laughs> I actually have a theory, though, that had they made this as I believe it was intended as a horror film. Yes. While it still would have been no doubt in the pantheon of Leprechaun and, and films of that nature, I still say 
it would have had its own unique, I use this word loosely, charm. It, I agree. I agree. That would have made it likable in the same way that you might, quote unquote, like a Dr. Giggles or a Leprechaun. Yeah, yeah. And and I think it would have even worked if they made uh, Ganorm. They didn't even have to make him like a killer if they just made him this kind of scary, mm-hmm. ambiguous character that maybe had potentially positive mm-hmm. motives but executed them poorly because he just needed to get his stone and it wasn't about killing people but it was about getting and, his and stone. And actually, if I'm not mistaken, aren't, aren't uh, gnomes, mythologically speaking, and you, you're you far more, Nerdy. more of an expert. <laughs> I was going to say that. More worldly, <laughs> more educated on this subject than I. Yes. Gnomes live in Gnardens. Yes, and they also get you discounts on, uh, what is that? Uh, Travelocity.com. Travelocity, yes. Tra- yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is, aren't gnomes historically, let's just say, mean-spirited little creatures? Aren't they supposedly... Uh, no, no. Uh, no, they're not. Uh, sure? gnomes, yeah, gnomes are typically very kind of neutral hmm. characters. They're not really, it's not like elves or pixies. That, or hobgoblins. Have, yes, which all have kind of histories of being mischievous or trying to cause problems. It's not to that extent. Gnomes are usually to themselves uh, kind of like dwarves in like the, the um, Lord of the Rings trilogy. You know, they're strong but very stern and not mm-hmm. prone to that kind of mischief. But um, I didn't even, that didn't even matter in this. That didn't matter. This just horn dog little git. <laughs> just. Well, I, I just, I was wondering because <laughs> I think it could have been interesting if you had kept it PG kids movie level, but again, did it darker? Did it more yes. this creepy modern yeah. day fairy tale kind of piece where you had this creepier, well, I don't know you had to make him creepier. But try to remove the, aren't you being hip and cool with your yes, because uh, Bobo hip, or your Popo loving. Yeah, and then Bobos and the roundies. Um, yeah. uh, that that all just fell so terribly flat. And I'm not even saying for today. I just mean that in general, it just didn't, it just didn't fall. All right. Uh, so, Jay, on that note, because <laughs> somehow we've managed to go in a solid hour on this freaking thing. I can go another hour. I've still got another page of notes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and that was going into it thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be awesome. It's Anthony Michael Hall. It's Dan Winston. I can't wait. Wait, I got to pause this. I need another notebook. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, one question before I did forget. Why was Kaminsky naked? The cop um, that is that is Gallagher's foil throughout the movie. Because one of the powers of Gnorm, he makes people fall asleep. But why does that eat on and make people fall asleep? So is he like a some kind of mythical roofie? Uh, no, he yes, he rapes them when they fall asleep uh, because that's I guess apparently what happened is he made Kaminsky fall asleep and took all his clothes off but his tie. Hmm. And left him nude in the middle of the office so that when he escaped, everybody would come in. Do you think the tie was some not so veiled reference to the beginning of the movie about where it wasn't Kaminsky the one who makes a comment about Casey's tie? Uh, If so. Which makes no sense even more so just because how would Norm know that? I don't think so. I never thought of that, but 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm just curious because you got to see, you know, Harry Man ass along with Harry <laughs> Gnorm ass at one point. By oh, the way. yeah, because then he's naked too. Well, by the way, I... what was the reaction of everybody? Was he supposed to be hung like a Brahma bull or something? Oh, you know what? I'm willing to bet. Yeah, I'll get to that. I'm willing to bet that the, the reason that Kaminsky was nude was because he's the one that said, strip him. And he made them take all his clothes off when he, the doctor so, was. Here's a thought right before Gnorm goes to work on him. He could have said, strip him. <laughs> yes, he could have. Huh? Um, and then they've got this, they've got Gnorm standing on the doctor's table there. Yeah, for some reason, he's, they're giving him a physical. I don't really know why. A full nude. Um, and at the police station, they're giving him a physical. Yes, with a doctor there. And he's three feet tall, I'd say, roughly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, uh, Sam comes in, and Sam is the girlfriend. She's the the Well, she's the partner. She, yeah, she's the yeah, partner. The, the, the partner that at the end, they, they hook up, and he says, what's wrong with you, slug lips? Are you, was that my cue? Cue. I, I, I didn't have my sound curl. Sound drop. Hey, oh. slug lips. There you go. Something wrong with you. Make her toes curl. It's like even the way he says it. Make her <laughs> it's toes. Creepy. Like he's like. Yes. So Sam walks in. Scream. <laughs> Make her beg for mercy. <laughs> or I will bury my face in your ass. <laughs> so they're the uh, Kaminsky and the doctor and somebody else. They're in the room and they make him strip. He's naked, hairy as hell, standing there. Sam walks in, and I guess it's kind of a pratfall. She walks in, and she's like, hey, they're looking for you. Oh. And yeah. kind of stares at his crotch and then just backs out. But it looks like, what, he's super giant man? I mean. Yeah, that was the impression one got <laughs> from her reaction. Because he has that, wait, also they, they made the puppet have that look like, mm-hmm. Uh, exactly, exactly. It was Would like. Would you like to see my shaba? <laughs> oh my god so do you even have a pick for this one <laughs> yes i do do you i do and i swear to god i hope you love it <laughs> oh i'm sure i'll love it <laughs> go ahead do a pick music now all right so I actually uh, started down the path when I was thinking about my pick for this of music, as I typically do. And uh, the same guy that did uh, most of the music for this, I mean, aside from the songs that were actually owned and produced and, and uh, performed by uh, well-known bands like Low Rider and other stuff, uh, was the same guy that did the music for um, Natural Born Killers, which I really enjoyed. I thought it was a it was very that movie graphic. made me want to take a shower afterwards. Yeah, it was very graphic and it felt very dirty. And even watching it, you're like, you don't want to be a part of it. But I think it was fairly well done. Anyway, I'm like, nah, I decided against it. I went a different route. I'm going with an 80s film that I loved that hmm. I think our viewers will love. So I'm going way off track here. Oh, and I will not suggest it as our next uh, watch. No, no. Um, please do, because this was pretty amazing. Um, no, I went with the cinematographer of Gnome named Gnorm, Bojan Bozelli. Oh, Bojan. Bojan. Mr. Bojan. Bozelli. Um, <laughs> he was also the cinematographer for Big Man on Campus from 1989. Have you seen that? That sounds familiar. 
Okay, so it's basically the story of this hunchback guy that you know is a kid. He he is uh, deformed. It's hunchback of Notre Dame, but on a college campus, and he lives in the bell tower of this college campus his whole life until he's you know twenties ish, and then he kind of gets brought down, exposed that he lives there, and becomes sort of this cool weirdo because he's only lived by himself his what whole life. What the hell is his last name? His name is Bob. Now listen, Maluga, Luga, 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 Luga. Yes. Um, <laughs> it is actually really cute. And I remember for many years after seeing this movie, because he speaks kind of in this, his own language because he lived by himself. He's kind of developed his own language and uh, made up his own words because there's nobody else for him to speak to and, and kind of uh, um, develop good. So at one point he's running and he trips over a whole bunch of bikes and he falls over. His curse word is Fakulaka. And I, for the last 25 years or so, have used that when I curse in front of kids. I'm like, Fakulaka. Because Which pretty much sounds like the other one, with Laka. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really it's a cute movie. It's it also stars Cindy Williams, who plays a uh, a college professor. She was uh, in Laverne and Shirley, and um, oh, Melora Hardin. She was on The Office. Now, yes, yes, uh, yep. Um, and uh, Garrett Graham, um, who's uh, you recognize him from? He's kind of a character play. He's in um, uh, a Child's Play and a few other things. He's got those really kind of creepy eyes, but it's really mm -hmm. funny. It's it's silly, but it's still cute. Tom Skerritt plays the primary guy who finds Bob, um, and the whole I, the funny thing about his name is he's supposed to he doesn't have a name, like he doesn't know his last name, so he has to make up a name, and so he comes up with a name of like some current celebrity, and like you can't use that. Somebody already has that name, so he's like, hmm, okay, I'm Bob Maluga Luga 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 Luga, and so that that is a great joke. It's it's very fun. I tear I tell it terribly. Um, <laughs> totally ripped that get, that bit off of Hiding Out, where he comes up with Maxwell Hauser. <laughs> okay, how weird is this? By the way, when you said Big Man on Campus, I'm like, why is it so familiar? First movie that popped in my head, no joke. How I got into college, but I could remember if that's what it was called. Oh, <laughs> so then wait, how freaky is this? So then I go over to look up big man on campus and I'm while you're yakking away about it. And I don't even know what you said. <laughs> and Corey Parker, who was in big man on campus starred in how oh, I yeah. got into college, which yeah, he, he was, uh, he was, he, he was the college kid who found Bob and sort of becomes his best buddy. So basically if this were Encino man, he would be Polly Shore. Or was in it uh, was Sean Astin in that? Uh, Wasn't Sean yeah, Astin Polly Shore? Um, I think so. Yeah, and and uh, then Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser was the caveman. Yeah, so um, Bob would be the caveman. Yeah, it's sort of similar to that that uh, um, Encino Man type of thing. Although mm. Alex, uh, the, his best buddy Corey Parker, doesn't really play a. I mean, he's not the comedic role. It's really he's all the Bob. straight. He's the straight man. He's to a Bob's, straight. Yes. Yeah. But it's and, and now this could be complete cinematic nostalgia. It could be CND to oh, the nth degree. I would be willing to wager <laughs> a hefty sum. But I remember being, I think, high school or college, and um, 
cracking up like watching this movie and every time there's just parts of it that just still make me chuckle um, but i haven't seen it in god knows how long so i would it, like to know uh, exhibit a your honor for the record <laughs> that we have a recording of mr grooms saying Say he was it. in high hey. school or college <laughs> watching this movie shut up and it gave him a remember. chuckle <laughs> i was expecting like i don't know sixth grade <laughs> Except it was 1989, and you were already 12 years into your tenure at the insurance company. <laughs> so that didn't work. <laughs> so there's my pick. Yeah. As I remember it, go out and watch Big Man on, Camp- Big Man on Campus. Oh, please PG do. 13, please do. His last recommendation was a gnome named Gnorm, and prior to that, Superman 3. I rest my case. Uh, but you're all fantastic movies. So, okay. Moving <laughs> on, speaking of fantastic movies, <laughs> I, I almost went Maniac Cop because... Not only was yeah. Robert Zadar the Maniac Cop for all three installments of that picture, and the first one had uh, Bruce Campbell in it, he didn't yeah. he briefly in the second one. Was he in the second one? I don't remember. I don't remember. I just remember the first. Yeah. I don't think I've even seen the second one. Yeah. So, and Claudia Christian in the second one. Yeah. Tom like, Atkins uh, was in the first one, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Playing the always awesome detective that he plays yes. in every single movie where he plays Perfect a detective. But he's, but, he's, but he's awesome. I don't care. It's Tom he Atkins. Is. I agree. I agree. However. In the vein of horror movies that bordered on not being, but yet, I, speaking of CND, I have this weird fondness for. There's mm-hmm. a, I have this weird thing about TV horror. I don't know why I like it, because half the time it's neutered crap. You mean like? I mean like stuff that's made for TV. Yes. Or stuff that's yes. Edited for TV? Yes. Yes. Because no, no, made because oh. like it was. Yes, like it. Any yeah. of the Stevie King stuff from the, the early '90s. If you go back and watch the original trilogy of terror, most of it's garbage. But the last segment, "Prey," which is based on a short story that Richard Matheson wrote, which is the one with the Zuni fetish doll, will make oh, you yes, crap yes, yes, yes. your freaking pants, man. Oh yeah, that the whole doll thing and oh, the little spear. That, yeah, we yes. talked about that before. Yes, yes. That's, so that's, that's Karen Black. Awesome. So that kind of thing. And okay, it is, gotcha. it's almost like I think when. It's done right. Like you look at the Kolchak movies, uh, the Salem's Lot, uh, and I even somewhat liked the Salem's Lot reboot with uh, Rob Lowe. So I I just like it. It's almost like they have to because they are somewhat trapped in a box and they can't. Well, at least they used to not be able to. Pre Walking Dead, they weren't able to go as hardcore as uh, as yeah. they did in the movies. So it, it sometimes seemed like with TV, it became more atmospheric and there was just a general creepiness to it that sometimes Almost the like movies... you have to do when you have a lower budget for a film and, yeah. and get and you creative with yeah. the way you present it. It's I got it. like the Val Luton school of filmmaking. You can't yeah. show anything cause you ain't got no money, <laughs> but you, you, you do have some talent and you have a decent script and a good story. So you focus on atmosphere and creep factor. And you can show people's faces as they react to what you think might be happening, exactly. even if you can't show the blood and gore and all exactly. that. Exactly. Gotcha. Yes. So, so what did you actually pick? I picked one that I actually saw several years later on this, uh, when it was actually known as sci-fi and didn't sound like a venereal disease, Siffy. <laughs> Siffy. Yeah. <laughs> so it was called Strays from 1991. Claudia Christian was in it, hence my connection. It also, it actually starred Kathleen Quinlan. If that name rings a bell. Um, no, where do I know her from? She's been in a crap ton of stuff. She was in Apollo 13. She was in Event Horizon. She was in Twilight Zone, the movie. The one with the little kid at the end when he, whatever he wishes for, he gets. She's the teacher 
Yeah, I know who you're talking about. She's kind of got like curly hair, yes. brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. I yeah. know who you're talking about. And Timothy Busfield, who for the longest time was best known for 30-something, I affectionately remember him always and forever as Poindexter from Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> the, re- the, red- yeah. the red-haired guy. Yeah, I, I do remember him from that. I, I remember him most iconically from 30-something because he was kind of – had that red well, hair. And plus beard. you were 30-something when that show came out. So it really connected hey. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it never gets old. So, uh, <laughs> except for he's you. actually good. I like. I think yes, he's a very good. He's a very good actor. Yeah. Uh, it, it was actually written by Sean Cassidy, as in the Partridge no. Family. Yes, but the thing about Mr. Cassidy, you have to understand, is he actually has gone on to be a relatively successful producer, and he produced some cult TV. Did you ever see American Gothic? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, he produced that. He was the primary visionary behind that. Uh, really? Show, oh, yeah. Yeah, Invasion. He's done some other horror type stuff. So, yeah, he's he's a he's a very talented guy. And, and uh, has a, quite a dark side, actually. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> Which, I mean, after being on the damn bus with all those folks, I can imagine. <laughs> and Danny Bonaducci for all those years, I imagine I, too, would find my dark side. <laughs> so it's got those interesting little angles to it. It's, in a nutshell... A troubled family move to an isolated house and find and adopt a couple of cats already in residence. These are not the only occupants, however. And it's not that there's some crazy demon creature living under the house, Amityville horror style. No, it's is basically a killer cat movie. Killer feral cat. So the cats cats. are just evil. Well, as I recall, they don't explain it. They just are. They're just tons of them and they are unrelenting and they will kill you. Okay. And I just remember it being one of those goofy, fun, made-for-TV type of horror flicks yeah. where it would play on a you know sci-fi channel on a Saturday afternoon and you would just have to freaking watch it. <laughs> it wasn't perfect. It wasn't great, but it was just entertaining. Mm. So Strays from 1991 <laughs> is my pick. I'm going to have to add that to my list now because that's going to be our next our next pick. Um, did you know that the cinematographer for Strays was also the cinematographer for Nightmare on Elm Street? Hmm. One and two. Uh, and the Wishmaster. Ah. Yeah. About the gin. Uh, Executive produced of, by Wes Craven. Uh, Andrew, Andrew Deeper. Face of Terror, Instinct to Kill. Um, uh, yeah, they, no, no, no. Team Knight Rider, no. Uh, <laughs> just stick with those original ones. Shocker. Oh, with uh, yeah, Mitch Pelleggi, West Coast. Uh-huh. I want to do Shocker. I haven't seen. I haven't seen that since probably eighty nine or ninety. I remember liking it. <sighs> I yeah, I would say ninety two for me, maybe, because um, I didn't see it originally, but I saw it after. I don't remember hating it, so I might have to. But yeah. uh, you've lost your uh, suggestion privileges for our picks. For uh, but did uh, did you just say we were doing Strays? <laughs> no okay i need to watch it oh okay but uh no we've got a couple others on our list oh, that we okay need to do first right, <laughs> we need to watch blood tide at some point just because oh we need yeah to get i'll make the... that a high prize <laughs> <laughs> well on that note my friend <sighs> do we do we want to uh sneak peek what we're going to do for the next episode or yeah go ahead are we doing the d word does we both have it now? I think we are. So I'm going to give huh? a special. 
uh, uh, shout out because we're going to be doing a movie called Douchebag. No, no, um, we're doing. <laughs> No, uh, thanks to our great friend and uh, compadre and brother and really just good and friend. Man, and man who could kill us just by staring us down. Yes. And the uh, the greatest Viking that we know um, and probably one of the greatest movie fans we've ever met, Peter, uh, we both now um, have copies of Daryl. No, capital D dot, capital A dot, capital R dot, capital Y dot. Capital L dot Daryl. No, no, it doesn't say Daryl after that. It's just capital D oh, dot capital yeah. A okay. dot capital Y right. dot. Yeah, yeah. Um, capital L dot. You got to finish. Capital that L time. dot. We're gonna watch that film. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're gonna be hitting Daryl next. Um, and for those of you who we've mentioned it to before, we are still gonna be hitting Beastmaster soon. We've just got some really cool special things we want to do with that. So it's taking us a little longer to get to it and get it all produced, but um, we will be hitting Beastmaster soon. Yeah. Um, but before, we do before wanna... this year's October Spooky Flicks Fest. Yes. Yes. This summer we're going to hit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I had to. Wanna I had hop a loogie? Loogie? I'll give it to you. Loogie. It's the squishing at the end that really sells that. It's the squishing, or when Gnorm does it and seems to chuck up like a gallon's worth of... I know, that was pretty foul. Um, yeah, we're going to hit Daryl next, so if you want to get ahead of the game, go ahead and uh, uh, find it and check it out, or get your own really awesome Swedish friend, and uh, you can watch Daryl. <laughs> actually, and... actually um, he's not Swedish. He lives he's in Sweden. Danish. He lives in Sweden. Is like that better? The pastry. You yeah. said that. That was Jason who said that. Not no, I, I said he was... Danish. What do you want to call him? Denmarkian? Because <laughs> that's the American education. Yeah, I think it's a Dane, isn't it? Wouldn't it be Dane? Well, he's and Dane. he, in fact, would be a great Dane. I am not calling you a dog, Peter. Just so we're clear. <laughs> Don't kill me. <laughs> At least you're not calling him a Swedish fish. This is, yes, true. Although I love those things. Damn, the red ones are so good. <laughs> so, Jay, any final words before we go out? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> nice roundies, my friend. Nice roundies. Shabba. <laughs>